It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stock Car Show for another week here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. That is, if you're listening live. If you're listening on demand, it could be from one of several podcast sources, and we do appreciate our on-demand audience as much as our live audience. And we are getting started with uh, a full show tonight, actually. A lot of um, interesting items to discuss here, including one that's literally happening as the show begins at Daytona. Toyota making a major announcement. Can I do the voice? Not yet. Okay. Toyota making a major announcement, and we'll get to that in a moment. We're also going to have a practice update from Daytona. We're going to talk about uh, Chase Elliott's injury that is not keeping him out of the car. We've got uh, some ride changes, a couple of little newsy items out of NASCAR. We'll uh, talk about a $50,000 to win pro late model race and tell you where that's going to happen. Hint, A. And we will also talk about a little bit of a tease that Keith Kuntz put out on Twitter this week that uh, may or may not involve a guy named nicknamed Smoke. So we'll talk about that all coming up as well. My name is Tom Baker. I am the host of this here show from Race Chaser Media. We have got Jacob Seelman as well from Speed Sport News and part of the Race Chaser Media crew. We got Cisco Scaramuza via the Race Chaser Skype line joining us here this evening. Randy Miller behind the glass wearing a really neat looking Dale Jr. hat tonight. And definitely like that hat. And uh, Brett Guzik joining us as well. Brett um, sitting at the round table for the first time with us here on the program. Brett is the shop engineer for Front Row Motorsports. And we'll be talking with Brett. He'll just be joining in on the conversation all night long here. So let's get started now. Jacob, three, two, one. Breaking news. Toyota has a major announcement that they are making as this show airs live right now. Right now. It is now, right now official. In 2019, the Supra will debut as the new Toyota model in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. On hand for that announcement are former Truck Series champion and current Toyota driver for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series, Christopher Bell, and all-time Xfinity wins leader in the Xfinity well, <laughs> all-time Xfinity <laughs> Series wins leader. There we go. I'll slow down a little bit, I promise. Kyle Busch, also a Toyota driver. So we have a Supra. We have a Supra. It looks good. I don't know what all the fuss is. It looks good. I like it. Well, what, what, is, what is the fuss? Is everybody complaining about it? Well, there were a lot of people complaining before the thing was actually uh, unveiled here not two minutes ago. But Well, what was the source of the complaint? They didn't think it was going to look good or that... Yeah, there were a lot of, pe- there were a lot of fans worried it was going to look terrible, mm. but I like it. I think it looks good. Cisco, you're kind of a car guy. What, what, what's your two cents on the Supra? Um, I, it's weird considering what the Supra, what the Supra basically amounts to in terms of car culture and how important it was to the JDM culture of the nineties and the early two thousands. So it's kind of weird for me to, oh yeah, Toyota Supra's in NASCAR, but 
Toyota's been pushing this car. I mean, we've seen it in several different disciplines already, Jacob. So, yeah, no, I, I'm okay with it. It's just, it's going to get some, t- it's going to, I'm going to have to get used to it a little bit. It's still a little bit weird. You started to say it's going to get some taking used to. That's, yeah. that's where yes, I thought you were gonna, going there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, I don't know, kind of a funky looking car. Um, but I'm not sure how much of it is the actual car itself the body and how much of it is just the way they have it painted. It, Jacob's showing me a picture here. Um, sort of a, a weird looking design, but um, not bad. I mean, I, I still think the nicest of the Xfinity cars is the Fords, but um, certainly an, a, a kind of a neat looking car there. Brett, are you, have you had a chance to check this out yet? I have not checked out the uh, the scheme or the new the new look, but... If it's anything like the car that was unveiled a couple of years ago, I'm pretty sure that a lot of a lot of fans will chime it's in. It's kind that. of interesting. I guess it makes sense that Toyota would want to do this, but I also I also find it funny that in a year when they've had now I know that they've had wins, but I mean largely if you look at the Xfinity series right now, it's pretty much all about junior motorsports with the Roush cars and the Penske cars still being competitive, but they don't, they seem to have kind of lost their advantage a little bit. So Toyota uh, apparently looking for a spark in uh, the Xfinity series to get them back to the top. So they bring out the super, at least that's the way it would seem to me. Um, they're trying to shake things up a little bit. Yeah. I think uh, JGR has been on top for a while and uh, now junior motorsports is caught up and, uh, Penske's right there with them, so I think they're trying something here. Maybe, maybe get a new look, new new body on the thing. Maybe um, just try and find a little bit more of an advantage. You're an engineer, so let's talk about this a little bit. From an engineering standpoint, when you when you introduce a new body like this, I mean, obviously it would be your job or your job category anyway to make this body fast. What is involved in that process? I mean, when, once they decide, here's the body we're going to have, what's the process in order to try and, because we've seen Chevy, for example, this year, it seems like they're just all really struggling with a new Camaro. And we saw the same thing happen with Toyota for the first half of last year in Cup with, with the, the new body. Um, what's, what's the process there, and why does it seem to take so long sometimes to, to, to get that to where you want it to be? Well, I don't personally dictate anything that goes along with Ford, but a lot of the higher-ups and executives at Ford and other engineers at Ford, um, they try to work with the NASCAR guys and try to put something out there that the NASCAR guys want with certain character lines, that kind of thing, build cars that are strategically designed for side force, down force, that kind of thing. But, I mean, the, the, the question I'm asking is, once you have the body, then as an engineer, what's the process that you go through to get that body to be where you need it to be speed-wise and otherwise? Because like I was saying, it seems like, for example, Toyota and Chevy, it seems they just, they've taken a while. It, it, why does it take so long to, to get to massage a new body to be fast? Well, with the I think the new Hawkeye system, it actually speeds up the process a little bit because okay. you're more of in a box. I would say you're you've got 150 thousandths on each side of the the body, and 
you know where your boundary is, um, whereas years in the past, it's a little bit, a little bit of a gray area here, a little bit of a gray area here. Um, now I think uh, new manufacturers can introduce a body, um, introduce it to NASCAR, um, they can approve it, and teams can go about massaging the body in all of the uh, areas that they know how to from past experiences. But from a, from a fan's point of view, the question I'm asking, why does it seem it's taking Chevy so long? What, it, what part of it are they missing speed-wise this year? They have a brand-new body, and, and yet they don't seem to be able to make it fast. So the, the, I guess I'm trying to ask, can you define for us – in in the shop and what, at the track, what, why does it take so long to massage that body? What's the process? So when we get a body from, say, Ford or any of the manufacturers, you'll, you'll take it, and they're not always necessarily the same stamped-out parts. You may have to tailor-make tailor make it to uh, the tolerances that you're seeing. Ah, okay. So that's the kind of thing that you have to deal with, whether if you um, – the big thing is trying to get consistent pieces from Ford or Chevrolet or Toyota. Okay. So it just takes a while sometimes yeah. to get all of the pieces that you need to yeah. just made the right way. And I imagine with a Hawkeye now, cause it seems pretty, it seems pretty picky. Yeah. Um, even having the, the Hawkeye system, it has, has its pluses and minuses. Obviously it put, gives a great box for everybody to play in, but, Sometimes people push areas of this box in certain circumstances, and um, that's why you see um, certain teams get uh, dinged at the end of practice gotcha. or end of uh, qualifying, that kind of thing. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go, but yeah, an interesting I, announcement I'm, for Toyota. I'm going to have a question when well, we go ahead if you want. Get... Re- no, it, it doesn't necessarily come into play right now, and I know okay. with about two minutes to break, if we get into it, we'll never get to the break, and Randy will be okay. So next us. news so, item before yeah. we hit the break, then we can cover this in two minutes. Chase Elliott injured, but not out. Wounded. <sighs> this is why having we... a little fun on the fourth. And yeah, he had a little too much fun. Sprains the ankle, and X-rays are clear, so Chase is doing, on, doing Chase. double duty. As uh, expected to do, both in the Cup car and yep. in the uh, GMS 23 car, which brings us to the next news item that we'll probably have to kind of wrap around mm-hmm. the break here. But Spencer Gallagher, he's back. He is back. Spencer Gallagher has been cleared. He has completed NASCAR's Road to Recovery program. And good news. He is. Yes, it is very good news. I'm excited to see Spencer coming back. He is. Actually, um, making his return at Kentucky next yes. week. Now, that doesn't mean he'll be in every race starting Correct. at Kentucky from now till the end of the year because there's a couple of contracts that still have to be fulfilled. Watkins Glen, I know Justin Haley's in the 23 car scheduled to be with sponsorship, and Bristol in August, uh, Chase will be in there one more time. So I'm going to tell you, Cisco, Justin Haley in the 23 car for Watkins Glen is somebody's brilliant idea because he's in a second car this weekend at Daytona. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. The the 20, he's running the two full. Oh, see, I thought I heard that he was going to run, but then um, he's running the two full. Okay. So he's in the 24 car. So, so Cisco having him at Watkins Glen with his Trans Am 
series experience and, and the prowess that he has road racing wise much better idea than spencer and i think that car actually could race for the win it could we'll have to see i mean like you said he does have the trans am experience at you know these road courses so yeah i expect him to do well we'll just have to see you know how the wheels if the wheels can stay on the car once they get to the racetrack well, it certainly should be interesting. I'm I'm really excited to see Justin getting some opportunities in the Xfinity Series. I hope that leads to a full-time Xfinity Series opportunity in 2019 for him. But uh, so yeah, Spencer Gallagher will be coming back, and he will um, he will he will run most of the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Only a couple of races, I think, where. There were other drivers already previously contracted. They'll honor those and just let Spencer fill in the rest of the way, and then yeah. he'll be back full-time next year, The obviously. only tidbit there is Alex Bowman was originally scheduled to run the car next weekend at Kentucky, but GMS and Hendrick have worked out that contract to release Alex from it. Therefore, Spencer will be Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, Alex is a fill-in, yeah, so easy uh, enough. not really, uh, I'm sure he wouldn't. That upset I don't it, think there honest. was a dedicated sponsor involved there, which is why right. they made it. Exactly. Easy, so. Anyway. Yeah. So with that, we'll step aside. When we come back, more conversation. We've got more news and notes and plenty of things to talk about here. We're just getting started here on the Stock Car Show. You're listening to the show, courtesy of HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
if you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Brett Guzik gathered around the round table here in our Race City USA Race Chaser Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. We have Cisco Scaramuza via the Race Chaser Skype line and uh, just kind of covering the news of the week. Let's hit um, a practice update at Daytona before we go any farther. The Cup Series on the track at Daytona for one round of practice. I guess the second round got rained out. But uh, in the one round of practice, get ready, folks. You better sit down because we're going to shock you. The Fords were the fastest. As they have been for about the last four years on plate tracks. Big shocker. Clint Boyer, have a beer and have a good time. And uh, that uh, that worked well for him in practice. Uh, not saying that he had anything to drink before he went on the track, but um, just having a good time and really – he is having a good time right now, Jacob, because that he's just in a groove. I mean, we're I think the Clint Boyer we're seeing now actually may be even better than the Clint Boyer we saw with MWR when we thought he was basically in his prime, but I think really he's actually racing better and I think he's he's just in a much better situation all around. I feel like he is a legit championship contender. He can win at this point on any track. Absolutely, and he's proven he can win on any track. He's won in super speedways. He's won on a road course. He's won on intermediate tracks, and he's won on a show. Well, I call Loudon a short track because it races like a short track, so... You know, there, there, there's all of that. I mean, Clint has proven, though he's not won a ton in NASCAR's top division, he's very versatile when he does win. And I've made this argument, and people look at me like, huh? But I'm just being honest. I don't care that MWR was on the cusp of a championship five or six years ago when Boyer was there and ended up finishing second to Brad Keselowski. I don't care. My argument is has been and will continue to be, SHR now is a much superior team even to where MWR was back then. Clint Boyer is in the best situation he's ever been in. I agree. And that's finally starting to bear fruit. And I feel that his struggles the last couple years have made him a better race car driver. He's had to learn to fight with nothing 
and now he has basically everything you could hope really to does. ask for. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, honestly. I'm I'm very excited to see what Clint's doing this year, and uh, good to see him up front at practice. Uh, what do we have, seven? Seven Fords seven in the Fords. top seven spots. Yeah. Yep. And then three Chevys and then two more Fords. Dinger. Dinger was, what, eighth? Eighth quick? Eighth and Dinger ninth. and Busher were eighth and ninth. Yeah, I don't Chris remember Busher. which order, but they yeah. were eighth and ninth. So that's kind of interesting, but Brett, you're not – you're saying let's not make much of little here because you never really know what's going on with the whole practice thing on these plate tracks, right? Yeah, certainly. I mean, everybody is on different agendas. Everybody's um, trying race trim, going out in the draft, that kind of thing. Some people don't want to get their car tore up. Some people want to get their travels right, that kind of thing. Um, but certainly uh, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily look at the practice sheets yet, but I would say that the SHR cars are – Definitely at the uh, the top of the board. Okay, so, you know, there seemed to be some conjecture on Twitter. I know Jeff Gluck had a tweet about single-car runs at Daytona, basically saying, who cares, why do we need to look at it? And, you know, Cisco in our chat here saying, you know, it's practice at Daytona, the most useless yardstick we see during the year. Do you agree or disagree with that? And, and from an engineering standpoint, maybe as a fan, I don't know if we can get a whole lot out of it, but what do you get out of it as an engineer? Well, as an engineer, you kind of have to figure out what is real, what is fake as far as these lap times you're looking at. You kind of have to look at certain runs of the day. You have to understand what um, what configurations each each everybody's car is in, uh, whether they're in race trim, what kind of tape they have, all that kind of stuff. Um, that all kind of determines how fast their, their cars are. Maybe the SHR, car, SHR cars were in race trim, and maybe some of the other cars were in semi-qualifying trim, and they're running the same time, so that means that the SHR cars could be that much more superior than the others. All right, let let me ask you this, Brett, because all the top times we saw in practice were draft times. We don't draft in qualifying, so... Would there be any real purpose to taking your qualifying setup out in the draft? Because the, the way we've changed qualifying back to more what it used to be with just relying on the single lap speed, I wouldn't think there would be all that big of a reason. I would say that the, their qualifying setup's pretty similar to their race setup. Um, they want to see what they can get away with. Um, can their drivers hang on to the car for more than 30 laps at a time? Can they... Um, can they use that speed that their cars have in uh, out, outright to be able to lead the pack when it comes Saturday night? Interesting. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I just I do find it telling, though, that uh, regardless of the circumstances, that the Fords are once again at the top of the charts. But, of course, once they start racing and everybody starts moving around, you know, it's kind of hard to um, to really think that, any one Ford is going to be better than the others. Although uh, the other thing I kind of noticed was that uh, the two front row Fords were seemed to be better than Roush Fenway a little bit, which may not say too much, but certainly the fact that Michael McDowell 12th quick has got to be at least encouraging, right? Of course. Um, you guys? Certainly. Um, I would say that the front row cars are right on par with the, the Roush cars now. They are literally the same car in every which way. Um, Jimmy Fennig and the group has been um, dialing these things in, and uh, it's really showing. Has that association been been as productive for you guys this year as you would have hoped? Uh, it's certainly been positive, especially in the areas of super speedways, road course, that kind of thing. 
Um, still trying to work out the kinks and intermediates, obviously, but um, we have seen some steady progress in that. Um, Good. Five to seven positions here or there in certain intermediate tracks. Okay. Interesting. All right. So moving on with a little bit more news here real quick. Uh, J.J. Yaley changing rides this week. Not really changing sponsorship, though. He's bringing NY Racing to BK Racing and um, driving the 23 at Daytona with the NY backing. That's uh, I don't know what to make of that, Jacob. I don't know if that's a step up, a step sideways or what, but um, JJ in a different car this week. <sighs> that was my uh, uh, yeah. reaction to yeah, this, I, I don't even know what to do with this, to be completely honest. This is just one of those things where I'm like, um, yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know. I mean, this feels like a uh, ill-fated attempt to try and keep BK Racing alive. That's about all I got. Hey, Jacob. Yeah. He'll finish 38th instead of 39th. Ha! Ouch. Wow. Well, hey, there are 40 cars. Brendan Gaughan is back this week. 41. Oh, okay, so we'll finish 39th instead of 40th. Cool. Okay, so, yeah, uh, we wish JJ good luck. Um, we are uh, turning to the Xfinity series. Casgarala got a holla once again from Keyclose. Shocker. Back on the car for Daytona, and I saw a tweet from Kaz a little while ago saying, Definitely liking this uh, car. We can work with this. Um, I like Kaz's optimism. I would love to see him go to the front. Of course, the only time that uh, Kaz has won in the National Series was in the Truck Series, and as you all remember. I wonder who the sponsor was. That's correct. Kiko is on the truck when he won the Truck Series race. What, last year? Was it last year? 17? Yeah, 17. Yeah, yeah 2017. Time goes so quick, I have to double-check. But, uh, yeah, Kiko's uh, and Kaz getting together for the last Daytona win, so hopefully more good stuff coming. And then big news from the penalty front, we had none. A few misdemeanor lug-nut penalties. Um, basically, L.5 penalties. It's um, called here. Cut us a check. Okay, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Write us a check, and we'll call it even. Um, so nothing really to talk about there, and uh, that basically, as far as the Cup Series and the National Series, gets you pretty well caught up on what's happening on the newswire. What we're going to do is we are going to step aside for a moment or two. When we come back, we're going to have some conversation about the Arca Series because. We get to look back at the race that was at Chicagoland, and then we are going to look forward to a really interesting debut coming up at um, Iowa this weekend for MDM Motorsports. We'll talk about Sam Mayer right around the turn when we get back. You are listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport right here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Dear Corporate America, somebody please sponsor Austin Terrio so we can get him full-time in the NASCAR National Series. Signed, everyone. Thank you. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Brett Guzik, the shop engineer from Front Row Motorsports, is with us at the round table. Cisco Scaramuza on as well. Randy Miller punching all the right buttons behind the glass. And we are talking racing here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Interesting that we talk about the Supra and we talk about the Camry and Cup. Toyota saying we're not 
going to do anything different in the Cup Series. Cameras are selling like hotcakes, I don't believe, for five seconds. It has anything to do with the fact that it's the NASCAR Sprint Cup body of choice. But, okay. Um, But I think the one thing that I do like is at least it seems, and I'll just come to Jacob with this, at least it seems, Jacob, like the manufacturers over the past couple of years have at least had some interest in changing things up a little bit. Yeah. Which I think... We're we're seeing this in what'll be back-to-back years here. You had the new... Camry. Well, okay, yeah, three straight years. You had the new Camry a year ago. Yep. You had the new Camaro in Cup this year. Next year, you're going to have the new Mustang in Cup and the new Supra in Xfinity. So change is good. Well, I like it, Brett, because I think if nothing else, it gives the fans something to refocus on. And and at least it makes us feel like, you know, it's 20 years ago when these things really made a difference. I don't know. I don't think, honestly, I can't believe it makes a difference in, in sales at the dealerships anymore. Maybe it does. But, you know, I, I, at least I feel like it shakes things up and maybe um, gives us something to really focus on for at least a quarter or half of, of, of every season when you have to kind of wonder how quickly is this manufacturer going to adjust to the new body style. Yeah, I feel like there's kind of a lost connection nowadays between the economy cars that uh, NASCAR's been selling for selling on these people for years. But I well, think those aren't really economy cars; they were full size cars, right? I mean, well, you had the Impala, the the Camry. Well, yeah, those are the, those are yep. those are family cars. Those are the yep. big full size gas guzzlers. Now you got the sporty cars, right? Yeah, it seems, and I think they're again trying to appeal to a younger demographic. You're going to sportier bodies that that sort of look more appealing, and I definitely agree that that's the way to go. Um, but I, I guess it's just interesting to me from a performance standpoint how it, you know, we came into this season thinking, well, you know, Ford's going to be at a disadvantage because they're still kind of running the thing they've run the last couple of years, and it's turned out to be at least part of the reason why. They have had such a big advantage, although I know you've talked about the fact that you feel like the Hawkeye has really contributed to all of this. Tell me how the Hawkeye plays into this. I mean, you see this all the time on social media, but from an inside standpoint, because again, being an engineer, how does the Hawkeye, how has the Hawkeye sort of shaken things up? So I feel like um, certain teams have been shaken up by this in the fact that now we have the Hawkeye system. We have a tool that the officials can use to figure out the boundaries of the cars even better than the old template system. Um, nowadays, they are all within 150 thousandths of an inch either way, plus or minus. Um, so it generally creates a more consistent um, consistent feel between the groups of manufacturers. Um, a, car, a car manufacturer can come in it could be three years from now and they could say Honda or so they could throw out a a car into NASCAR and it could be pretty close. They wouldn't have to do so much work as they did maybe 10, 15 years ago. Interesting. Okay. Well, that, that could perhaps at least help another manufacturer maybe think twice about coming in or about not coming in because the cost of entry would be lower. You wouldn't have to do as much research or testing. Cisco, you 
actually you want to disagree with me a little bit about the effect that um, the, the you, you think it is still it does still matter what body styles the the NASCAR Cup teams or whatever series are running in terms of sales at the dealership. Why? Well, it depends, you know, when we look at the situation we're in right now, obviously Ford can't continue using the Fusion because the Fusion isn't going to be in production anymore. This has been Ford's business strategy because they're shrinking down to just selling crossovers, trucks, and the Mustang. So unless you're going to put a Ford F-150 in the Cup Series, the Mustang's really the only choice you have, that or the Focus, which wouldn't really fit the NASCAR brand. Then when you look at Chevrolet, the SS experiment failed, in my opinion, because it was priced too high and because they didn't market it because that car actually was a really good car. It was the Pontiac G8 before it became the SS, and it was produced what was the Holden Commodore. And they basically tried to get some dollars out of that car because of how Holden in Australia was going to end up being canned here. So when you look at it, The switch to Camaro, there's nothing really else in the Chevrolet product line they're going to be able to market that car with unless they go back to the Impala, which doesn't make sense because the Impala is more of a luxury brand car now, kind of like how GMC is kind of working, or the Malibu, which would not make any sense whatsoever. Toyota's the only manufacturer that's currently trying to push everything into the Camry because it's the car that leads that section in the market right now. The Camry is the go-to four-door family sedan and has been for the last, what, 18 years now at least? But I 20 guess, years? So you're, you're more saying it has to do with the brand's marketing, yeah. not so much to do necessarily with um, a consumer making a choice because somebody's running a certain car in a certain series it's more just the brands are wanting to align what they're racing with what they're selling and what their brand strategy is overall yeah exactly because if if you had guys in in cup right now that was that were running the monte carlo ss still or something like that it's it wouldn't matter i mean chevrolet would be at a net loss anyway because then you're running a car that doesn't exist, so you're not really marketing yourselves, and you're wasting that opportunity. That's Toyota's really the only brand that I see right now, up until when Chevrolet you know, jumped on board with the Camaro and Ford can be jumping in with the Mustang, that I think we're really going after what their market's able to do because you look at how much Toyota's put behind the Camry and how much they've talked up how sporty it is and kind of increased the almost... Um, want desirability of the Camry because, you know, it's the only car in its class that has a V6. It's the only car in its section that is actually somewhat interesting to drive, except from maybe a Mazda. So, no, I think I think that's, Tom, I think you're right when you said I think it's more of the brands trying to line up with the manufacturers and everything kind of all working net plus, which is what these companies want anyway. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've I've said for a while now, Jacob, that nobody out of the grandstand is going and buying a Camaro because it's being run in NASCAR anymore. It just doesn't happen that way. I don't think the I don't think that win on Sunday, sell on Monday mentality is necessarily there. I think it's more you you buy what you want at this point. It's a different generation. Yeah. You know, the, the car generation of 20, 30 years ago, and I can call myself an outlier in this since my fa- you know my family involvement kind of makes me a, right. a, a bit of a different breed in, in what's now my generation. But, you know, the, the 
millennials, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the correct it's term. It's just not a car generation like it was a few decades ago. That's just not, uh, you know, the the attention span and the attention to detail is not there Saw anymore. something or read something yesterday that the millennials are actually not even in as much of a hurry to get their driver's license as previous would, yeah, generations, no, which I, is I, kind I, of interesting I, to me. Um and this is not – I'm not throwing her under the bus because I'd be throwing myself under the bus as well, but my sister and I actually are prime examples of that. Um, you know, neither of us got – neither of us got our licenses until we were out of high school, so. Was that because you didn't want to, though, or just because it's kind of how it worked out? Uh, combination of both. Interesting. Um, now, I do have a tiny point that's uh, related back to the super announcement. Go ahead. Um, I, I found it particularly interesting that the unveil video that they played at the uh, press conference to kick it off was filmed at Hickory Motor Speedway. Interesting. Okay. I'd recognize those asphalt seams in the grandstands anywhere, <laughs> considering I sat in them every, every weekend as a kid. Well, it's good to see they're using a short track, Cisco, instead of, uh, no offense to our friends at Charlotte Motor Speedway, but uh, I just like seeing more short track representation. Yeah, I think I think it's partially that. I think it's also because that was probably, probably a product developed in the Charlotte area at TRD. It makes a lot more sense than flying it all the way out to Irwindale to shoot a commercial, which is the bog standard where most of these things are shot at. Yeah, really. All right, tiny point. Uh, from the Xfinity series not related to Toyota. Kaz Grala quoted during his media availability earlier today, we're not sure if we're going to Kentucky next weekend. It's 50-50. He also, by the way, in that same press conference said, quote, we have to race aggressively, end quote, referring to Daytona. Okay, well. It may be much like Brett Moffat, a win to keep going sort of a thing. Isn't uh, Tony Yuri involved with that group? Yes. and, and Both. That was, both Yuri. Senior and junior. And that, and that was the third point that Kaz made, that uh, both Yuri's have helped them out extensively with their super speedway package for this weekend. Well, good. Go get it, Kaz, and get yourself some sponsorships so you can keep going. With that, we're going to step aside when we come back much more still to come here on the Stock Car Show. Aren't we we'll talk, talk Arca, Arca in this segment? <laughs> right around the turn, we promise this time. We're going to talk about Chicagoland, then we're going to talk about Iowa. Not all that far apart, actually. We'll be back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. 
For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. There's my Jim Croce reentry. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network in Spreaker, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And we'll talk ARCA now. I promise we're going to talk ARCA. Here we go. Chicagoland last week, we're going to do a little self-reflection at from Chicagoland because, well, Michael Self did what Michael Self often does when he gets a chance to race something that goes fast he went faster than everybody else all hail the dino all hail the dino (laughs) dino car wins again dino car wins again i love talking about the dino car and i love talking about michael self because anybody who says that michael self is too old to have a legitimate shot at one of nascar's top three series i'll offer grant enfinger who is older than Michael Self and just recently got his first full-time shot oh. at the Truck Series last year. I'm sorry, but if they can build the Sinclair sponsorship, there's absolutely no reason Michael Self won't get an opportunity at, opportunity at the top levels. Now, I want to talk about the ARCA race for a minute because he was really, really, really good for, oh, about the first two-thirds of that ARCA race. And then the last third of the ARCA race, it looked like it was going to be Todd Gilliland's race to win, which was the exact reversal of Gilliland's last race at Charlotte when he was super good for the first two-thirds, and then the car faded into the distance for the last third. This was the reverse. The only thing that Gilliland didn't count on was, well, Leilani Munter spinning with six laps to go and setting up an overtime restart. Gilly, gilly. Yeah... Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Todd got a little mad after the race for uh, drivers who, quote, shouldn't even be out there, end quote. Yeah, yeah, he went there. Easy, Todd. Two tires, or in Riley Herbst's case, staying out on no no tires, no fresh tires, is no match at Chicagoland for four fresh tires. Bye-bye, Michael Self. I don't know what. Riley was thinking. I, well, it wasn't Riley. He doesn't it, make the calls. It was Booty. I don't know what Booty Barker was thinking, but this may be a reason why he's now working in the Arca series instead of in the Cup series. I I just don't. I for the life of me, 
I can't imagine a scenario where somebody as intelligent as Booty Barker would have thought that no tires would have beaten two and four tires at Chicagoland. But um, I, I guess everybody has to try something different. But, you know, I thought this race really was interesting to me because we did see Todd Gilliland come on late. We did see Sheldon Creed nearly will that car to another win. But if Sheldon Creed had had another lap or a lap and a half, he would have won. Well, maybe. We, we believe he would have won. Um, it's been an interesting last couple of races, the Arcus Series, because for most of the season, we've been talking about the MDM dynasty. And I think we still are for the most point. It's only it seems to be only when Michael Self gets into the 15 or then the odd once in a while. Christian Eckes got to win. Um, you know, Chandler Smith picked up a win on the short track, but for the most part, this has been an MDM season. And when you look ahead to Iowa this weekend, honestly, looking at the entry list, I'm not seeing any reason why we aren't talking about MDM at the end of this one, but there is a name on the MDM entry list that's definitely different. And that is Sam Mayer. And a lot of our audience is asking the question right now, who is Sam Mayer? If they listened to our shows last summer, they know who Sam yes. Mayer is because we talked about him a lot. Yeah, he uh, Sam Mayer uh, is just 15 years old, but he has got quite a pedigree. His father is Scott Mayer, who is very big in uh, sports car type racing and, and even IndyCars, in Indy yeah. cars. Um, made the 500 a time or two. He I did, believe. yes. Uh, and Sam has definitely got the talent that his dad had neat kid too, very nice, nice kid. Uh, and is, is getting his first start for MDM Motorsports. He's going to have Robert Hoppman as his crew chief. He'll be racing the number 40, which Anthony Alfredo drove, uh, a race or two back at gateway. And I think this is kind of an interesting move because Sam has, he was, he's become, he became the youngest driver to ever win a late model stock race at Greenville Pickens last year. And he wound up three times in victory lane in the NASCAR late models. He's won a bunch of stuff in legends. He darn near pulled off the championship of the super late model division in Florida this spring at new Smyrna missed it by a point. Um, so he's definitely got some accomplishments, but boy, he is awfully young. This is going to be, I think if there is a track where you could bring somebody like Sam to and have him be fairly successful in his first start. Iowa, with all of its different possible lines to race with, is really one of those tracks. That was exactly the point I was going to make, because you can run anywhere at Iowa. Anywhere. There's about four different grooves that you can make work or the apron if you're really feeling uh, a bit gutsy. But I'm looking through this entry list Unless Michael Self wins again, it's going to be Rise of the Young Guns. Because if you look down this list, Chase Purdy, Harrison Burton, Christian Eckes, Riley Herbst, Chandler Smith, who, by the way, is going for his fifth consecutive General Tire Pole Award in his fifth start ever. So he's won the pole in his first four Arca That's starts. correct. Just, just to translate. Just to translate. Okay. Sheldon Creed, Zane Smith, Brett Holmes, Joe Graff. Oh, and and then there's this veteran guy, well, Mayor, who's currently listed as TBA on the well, entry it's, list yeah, for some reason. He's, but we all he's know racing Sam's the driving it. Yeah, that release came and, out and, and then there's this veteran guy who could be the one to spoil the party and be a repeat winner at Iowa. 
this ninety this ninety eight car that drove in twenty fourteen and is coming back because the team owner thinks it's a good idea. He's even wearing the suit. He got it dry cleaned. <laughs> Mason Mitchell, same paint scheme, he same to get number, it dry same suit, everything. Wow! Like Mason Mitchell making a return. He's back. For Mason Mitchell Motorsports. <laughs> yeah. it, it's my car. I can do what I want. That's exactly what he texted me this week. Okay, so Mitchell coming back. That's going to be very interesting. And, and because you're right, he yeah. could be. But. I've got I've got to look to see. I'm trying to remember if Iowa is one of the tracks where we've actually not had a repeat winner in the past. Well, here's here's what I know. I know that Sheldon Creed had a great run there last year, and I know that right now he's about the hottest property mm-hmm. in the series. And I haven't, with all due respect to Mason, that '98 car just has not been much in contention this year, has not shown the speed all season long that uh, the MDM cars and even the Venturini cars have. Um, I think Mason's got his work cut out for him if he's going to go up and race with those guys for the win at Iowa this weekend. You think? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, unless we're just going to assume that everyone else he's had in his cars have underperformed, um, for the ability of the car, then I'm 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 assuming that they just don't have the speed. MDM has just been a a powerhouse. It's really amazing, honestly. Um, you you haven't seen Bryant Motorsports really uh, much of a factor, which I thought they would be. Not yeah, not yet. But they have won the last two Iowa Arca races. Yeah, and in, and that includes beating three MDM cars last year. Well, yeah, but again, I mean, this is a different season. MDM wasn't as strong overall last year as they are right now. And you had uh, Terrio in Schrader's car last year who was winning and running up front quite a lot and ended up obviously winning the championship. I just, it just seems a different season. I don't know why, but it just seems a different season. And I guess the combination of drivers that uh, MDM now has, um, but again, Venturini Motorsports, certainly with Michael Self. And, and when you when you, when you you take Christian Eckes and put him in a car and Chandler Smith and put him in a the car, there's, there's, a, there's a strong Venturini Motorsports lineup for this race too. So, this is going to be fun. I mean, I yeah. I love this series this year. It's been an interesting series oh, I to do watch. Too. Now, just to go back, just to go back and look at this and confirm what I thought I was going to find when I started glancing through here. Eleven ARCA races at Iowa since the debut in two thousand and six. Eleven different race winners. Mason Mitchell trying to become the first driver to double up. He is the only former Iowa winner in the field. Okay. If this is the track that anybody can win at, then this is the one. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there's, again, if there's any track that – but, again, it's still about speed. And I just – and I'm not trying to in any way disrespect anyone at Mason Mitchell Motorsports. We've had Mason on the show quite a lot. We enjoy uh, those guys, but uh, just haven't seen it. The performance just has not been there this year. I know he's had a lot of, you know, new faces in the series, and maybe that has something to do with it. So, you know, maybe he gets back in the car and finds the speed they haven't. But mm-hmm. um, it's been mostly MDM and Venturini. That race going to be on Saturday night and this week after this, a series yes. of Friday and uh, even the Thursday one thrown in and there last this week. This is the only race of the season that will not have live television coverage, if I remember correctly. Um, well, it, according to ARCA, it said MAV-TV. I don't know. It'll be tape delayed on MAV-TV. 
Oh, There is okay. no live television coverage for this race. I know that because ARCA Communications Director Charlie Crawl said so on Twitter earlier today. Well, that's a bummer. I mean, I just I now, don't know what the deal is with that. But well, it's... ARCA needs to fix it. There, Listen, this is the first year that, number one, every race has been televised, period, let alone... I mean, up until last year, we didn't even have live coverage but for 10 of the 20 races well, but the fact that we have live coverage of 18 of the or 19 of the 20 should be cause for celebration if we have to deal with one race being taped delayed so be it well it's i mean to me in this day and age it is it's big gonna as be the lot, series it'll is. be live on lucasoilracing.tv well that, which that's, is mavs streaming arm it's fine but um I don't see any reason why we couldn't have had a live TV race there. But anyway, we move on. And I was say, I think we'll see what happens. I don't know if, uh, I mean, what's interesting here is that this has been a tale of two seasons for uh, Zane Smith. He he won three races earlier in the season, but the, the more we've gotten into the summer, the cooler <laughs> Zane Smith's results have gotten. And uh, Sheldon Creed has just kept right on trucking. That's why he has 165 points over Zane in the championship standings. Um, I don't believe that Zane Smith, I know Cisco in our chat has talked about maybe Zane comes back and dominates and takes control of the series. I don't see that happening at Iowa. I really don't. I think it's going to be a very exciting race with a lot of guys involved. I don't see anyone dominating the race. And I certainly think out of the MDM stable, if someone's going to do it real quick, Cisco, I think that uh, it's Sheldon Creed because that boy right now is the hottest property in that series. Although Harrison Burton has been very strong in the 12 car each time he's been in it. I didn't say he'd dominate the race. I'm just saying he's going to win and get his fourth win of the season and go back to his ways that he had for the ra- for the point of the season in which he won three out of the f- three out of the first five races. Oh, That's what I'm see. saying. He's going to go back. You to did that. use the word dominate in the chat, so I'm just yes, but not the particular race itself, ah. but just go back to that you know way okay. he's been and. He finished second at Madison, just saying. Well, we shall see. Definitely going to be a good race. Look forward to that at Iowa Speedway Saturday night. We step aside. We come back. More conversation here. We got a 50, 50, 50 grand to win pro late model race. That's right. We'll tell you where it's going to be right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) My mommy. 
Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Modified driver, Timmy Salamito, bringing us back out of break. and That lets us say, by the way, that there's a race at Riverhead this weekend that we can talk about later in the show. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely will talk about that because we haven't had a reason to talk modifieds much here over the last couple of weeks because there just haven't been much going on. But I want to first talk about Late models, specifically two things. First of all, the 50,000, that's right, 50-5-0, 50,000 to win pro late model race. Now, for those of you who may not necessarily know, okay, what is a pro late model? Think of it as if you're a NASCAR late model aficionado, it's basically a limited. If you're a dirt late model aficionado, it's a crate. It's a crate. Yep. Okay, this is the beginner super late model series. Okay, the the economy series is getting a fifty thousand dollar to win race. And where is this taking place? Well, you have to leave the United States of America and go to Canada. A eh? Jucasa Speedway, formerly known as Cayuga. Yes. Where yours truly once announced an Isma Super Race and had a great time doing it. And now it has been rebuilt into a beautiful oh state-of-the-art facility. That is one of the best short track uh, facilities in North America. 50K to win pro late model race. Jacob. But wait, there's an asterisk. Uh-oh. It's 50,000 to win. But because we're in Canada, it's 50000 Canadian dollars. Oh, see? Well, there you are. There so, I am. So, so it's $38,070.58. Seven, $38, $0.58. I did the conversion math. $38,070.58. Okay, so here's, here's a major announcement this show, the stock car show, is throwing in forty-two cents. So you can make so it thirty-eight thousand seventy-one American even. dollars. Yeah. I mean, you know, that way you just eliminate the change. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, coming across All the border. Right. Um, but uh, okay, so what do we do with this? I mean, fifty thousand to win pro late model. First of all, can, can we can we start an over under? Here, guys, on how many cars show up for this thing? How many cars enter this race? Can we do it over under? 75, and I'm taking the over. 
Okay, Cisco. Uh, seventy-four under. <laughs> you just did that to be different, Brett. You got no. I did that because I'm taking the prices right gag here to undercut yeah. Jacob. Okay, uh, I'll go sixty-five under. Sixty-five under. Okay, I, I'm actually going over seventy-five. I'm going to go ninety cars show up for this thing because. Every, look, it's fifty grand. Everybody's going to want to be a part of this. Here's the thing about these races that just annoys the heck out of me. You put fifty thousand dollars up to win, and probably pay what seven fifty to start. I mean, you know, these promoters are not, in my opinion, considering the racer when they do this because only one guy is winning fifty thousand dollars. Basically, three-quarters of the rest of the field is going to lose money yeah. in, this, in this deal. And Just we're, we're to probably to going to crash about, about three-quarters Yeah, on. about three-quarters of the field. But what if it was $10,000? Would more people show up? No. That's the question. I don't it, think so. It, here's, if it were $10,000 and 1000 or 1200 to start... Yes, it might be a thousand or twelve hundred. Well, to start but on. I'm I'm making a general statement here. Okay. I'm not talking about this specific race because I haven't seen the purse. But this has been the trend in go karting too. It is it's and we've seen it. It you know you pay twenty five thousand to win, fifty thousand to win in dirt go karting, and you you don't you pay you know fifty bucks to finish twenty fourth. So everybody pays an exorbitant entry fee. To try and win this big money, only one guy wins it. The rest of them lose. Mm. And so, you know, I wish more promoters, honestly, would put more money at the back of their purses for these bigger shows than they do at the front. If you took half of this 50000 spread it through the rest of the purse, you'd get just as many or more cars, in my opinion. You'd probably also get a better mix. Um, my question is, are they going to allow anyone to enter this? Because if, if you're going to get a bunch of super late model drivers, a bunch of K&N drivers, a bunch of, you know, whatever, like, then what happens is you immediately disenfranchise all of your normal regular pro late model racers because these people are going to be bringing pro late models that are, you know, $50,000 pro late models or whatever. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Yeah. I love the Tell idea. That to Pollard. Well, this is what I'm saying. I love the idea of of this sort of a thing and i love jucasa i'm not a fan in general of these big money to win races for the exact reasons we just described there's a fifteen thousand dollar to win race for the limited late models nascar limited late models at carteret county this weekend every bit of a crash same thing yeah and again you know Anybody can show up with a limited late model. I haven't seen, uh, now I could be wrong here, but I haven't seen any stipulation that says if you've won, um, no. you know, NASCAR late model races or whatever, you can't race. Now, no. there may be those. I just haven't seen them. And so, you know, you're, you really just disenfranchise the normal Saturday night limited late model racer when you get all these big people coming in trying to take the money because you don't restrict them. So, kind of interesting. Um, but it, it, it is going to be fun to watch this. Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, it is going to be fun to watch, and we'll see how, uh, how it makes out. Now, I uh, want to get to one other bit of 
I guess we'll call it a rumor <laughs> at this point, only because we haven't had confirmation of it. But we turn to the dirt track side of things for a specific mm-hmm. purpose here. Keith Koontz, of course, uh, probably the preeminent midget team owner in all of dirt midget racing, put a uh, picture on Twitter mm-hmm. of the front end of a midget. It had the number 14 on it. It's the right font. And, yeah, it looks, it looks uh, eerily familiar. It kind of looks like the font that uh, some guy nicknamed Smoke, real name Tony Stewart, uses. Um, so that has led to the assumption that Tony Stewart will be driving said race car at uh, the Indianapolis Dirt Track Midget Race coming up. USAC. USAC, yes. yeah, at Indianapolis. The, yes, the official name of that event, by the way, is the Driven to Save Lives BC39 at, at the dirt track at IMS. There'll be a quiz on this later. I will fail. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. So, so the, the question, because, well, yeah, but I've got so much to remember. The question is, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Duh. If we're, if we're putting odds on this, I'll, I'll just go right now and say 100% yes. Tony Stewart's driving this car. This is the only reason for putting this tease out there in the first place. Duh. Yeah. All right. Let me add to the let me add fuel to the fire now, by the way. And if anybody from TSR is listening, well, don't kill me later. But I'm gonna put the idea out there and I hope Tony listens. You don't just do this for one race. If I know Tony and I know Keith Coons, this is not just going to be a one race thing. Because I don't think Tony would want it to just be a one-and-done thing. He would want to be... <laughs> number one, he's going to get hooked when he gets back in it because it's Tony. Yeah. And number two, you want to go out and be able to do this the right way. So what I propose and what I expect very well could happen, IMS, Turkey Night, DuCoin, Chili Bowl. Okay. So you're progressively building to Tulsa, and we all know that Tony uh, said sayonara to the whole track prep thing last at, at in January. <laughs> well, so, he said sayonara last year. I, he's, uh, I, the, the way I heard the story when I was in Tulsa was that uh, unless certain people did not come back, then Tony wasn't coming back, at least in a track prep capacity. Well, then. So the question becomes, does he come back in a racing capacity? Uh, if Keith Coons is... Remember, a couple years ago, Keith Coons said during a July 4th periscope, uh, during, the fire, during a whole fireworks celebration thing, he offered Tony a Chili Bowl ride at that point, and nobody took him seriously. Well, um, hello? Are you nope. taking him seriously now? Cisco, <laughs> do you take him seriously? Uh, is it Tony Stewart and a dirt track? Yeah, no, I take it seriously. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to see him. I, especially, honestly, I'd love to see him at DuCoin. I think that would be... It's the perfect tune-up for Chili Bowl, yeah. too. It's the other indoor race. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. And Turkey Night, for that matter, oh. because Turkey Night is a great race. And wasn't that the race last year that... T- didn't Bell and... Bell and Larson, Larson. Yeah. went Throw to Tony war. into that mix. Oh, my god! Throw gosh. Tony into that mix. Yeah, in a third Coons car? Let's... Or actually, it would be like a ninth Yeah, Coons I was going to say three. Point. Where did you... There's more than three. Let's see. Bell, Larson, Abreu, six full-timers, maybe a tenth. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to start half the field. Fill half the field. Pretty soon, they're going to have an entire 
race full of Keith is he can have his own series. They'll have 24 of them out there. Plus Clausen's. Yeah, plus Clausen's. Yeah. yeah. Between Coots and Clausen, you've got basically the most full of field. the field yeah. covered. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we'll step aside when we come back. Much more racing conversation to talk about here on the Stock Car Show. You're listening to the show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Okay, I just wanted to hear more Metallica. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker. We're talking racing, and we're going to talk about something different here because I just saw this last night, this bit of news, and... It totally just boggled my mind why we're still even doing this kind of stuff. Travis Pastrana, who has done a little bit of everything, um, is now going to turn himself into the modern-day version of Evil Knievel, and he's going to attempt to do something that basically... Here, listen. He's here's 
Here are the injuries Evil Knievel received when he crashed trying to do this same jump, which is going to take place at Caesar's Palace. Hang on. A crushed pelvis, a crushed femur, fractures to his hip, fractures to his wrist. He broke both ankles and got a concussion. He was in a coma for 29 days, although this part, that part is refuted by his wife. But um, he, he basically broke into a number of different pieces. And now here comes Travis Pastrana. Is, he's attempting to complete three, three jumps. Three of Knievel's jumps. Three jumps. Okay, here's what we're doing. This is going to happen on Sunday. Live. This week on the History Channel. Live. So y'all mark this on your calendar. Five o'clock Sunday. I don't know if that's Eastern Five o'clock Pacific. Eight it's Eastern. Eight Eastern. Eight Eastern. Okay, Pacific. prime time. That's great. I'll be home from Jennerstown, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, eight o'clock Eastern on Sunday. He's going to attempt to surpass Evil's leap of 50 crushed cars, 14 buses. Lining up 16 behind Planet Hollywood, Paris, and Bally's. Mm -hmm. And then topping the night off with a shot at the Caesars Palace Fountains. Again, the same jump that broke Evil Knievel into a number of different pieces. I will open this to anybody on this panel who can explain to me why in the world Travis Pastrana is doing this. Well... He's the last American it's there. It, it, it's there, and Travis likes doing things that nobody else has done, and I'll offer the biggest reason of all. The man has absolutely, unequivocally, no fear. Um, Brad, I'm looking at, you were looking at a picture. He had, what, four motorcycles? He's got four here? bikes ready. <laughs> four bikes. <laughs> to do this? I think Indian is, all, aren't, yeah. isn't it Indian, Indian with the, the, new, the new Scout it's that's a, helping him out? Yeah, no, this? it's not even that. It's apparently like a brand new Scout, like a flat track bike. Yeah. That I'm looking at this picture, at this. and he's got four of them ready, so yeah, the, I he's believe, ready to wreck them all. Cisco, I believe <laughs> that's the same uh, Scout flat track that they debuted in the American flat track series this year. I think yeah. Looking like it's won 23 of 27 races since entering that series. Yeah, so. it, it's kind of sort of good. <laughs> what well, does that and, have to do with and, using it, it to jump over buses? Bike. It's not the same bike Evil used, that's for sure. It's better. Well, I mean, we know that, but I mean, it wasn't I, like... I honestly am less worried about Travis doing this. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm actually less worried about Travis doing it than I would have been if I'd been alive to see Evil's jump because the technology now is by far and away eons ahead but of see, what it was 50 years ago. But it, see, that but that that's part of it. It's the extreme. When 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 we watched, I remember I was I was a little not a little kid, well, yeah, seven, eight years old probably, watching Evil do, like, I remember the Snake River Canyon, which he actually didn't do successfully, but he, he used to jump buses. This was always on Wide World of Sports on ABC, and it was always, you you just never knew, okay, if, if what you're telling me is the technology is so good that the odds have increased that much that he's going to successfully do this, then to me, it's not an event. The only reason you still do this stuff is if it's a huge risk. Now, the fountains are going to be a risk. I, I'm sorry. Either way, that's going to be a risk. But 
I remember watching Evil Kid Evil crash into a bus or crash, you know, and fall, do a fall. I mean, and 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 I remember seeing his Caesar's Palace jump. You know, he got seriously injured and, and broke a lot of stuff in his life, and then his kid Robbie, Evil Junior, started to uh, to to do some of the jumps as well. And now, but but Cisco, why Travis Pastrana? What what is? I mean. Is is he just desperate for some way to get some attention here, or uh, well, probably a big check? I suppose. I mean, that's there. I'm sure there's some of that involved in this, but Travis comes out of the generation that was defined by Bam Margera. Uh, Randy, I'm just gonna put the editor's note in here in case I can't say the name of the show that was on MTV that has uh, some language in it. Can I say that technically, Jacob? I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't. Jack, you know what? <laughs> Jack oh yeah, you blank. can say that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, can't you can say, say that. that. Okay, yeah. so the whole you can say jackass jackass. era yeah. of that that grew out of the skateboarding genre. But Travis, Bam Margera, Nitro Circus, this whole group of just guys going out there to do crazy stuff. Why? Because it's there. Because that's what they do. They they they're uh, adrenaline junkies in a way. Tom, it's, that's, it's, that's I what mean, they're doing don't get me for. wrong. I'm looking forward to watching it. But but my hope honestly is that the technology on the bike or the bike, whatever, isn't so good that this becomes too easy because otherwise there's no point. I want to see this be a death defy because that was always the thing with evil is basically you'd watch him do this. And the first thing when he'd fall is, you know, is he alive or dead? You know, and and, I mean, as sadistic as that sounds, it's like, is he going to get up? You know, um, there was a legitimate risk of death here. You know, it was kind of like I think the the um, the 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 most amazing stunt I've ever seen in my entire life was a really simple stunt. It was a guy at Utica Rome Speedway up in New York one time who called himself Benny the Bomb, and you know he had a car, an old car in the infield of the track, chock full of dynamite. And he got into the car, and they and, and they blew it up. And you just, I mean, I was in the top row of the grandstand. I don't know how many, you know, yards away. I mean, it was a long way away, and I felt the heat like it was right in front of me. And he stands up and walks out of the car, and everybody's like, there is no way this happened. You know, so you, you want these things to be exciting, but you want there to be some yeah. risk. Otherwise, there's no point, Cisco. I mean, lest we forget, this is the same guy who drove in Rallycross with using hand controls because yeah. it, because he was dealing with it, with issues with his lower extremities and he couldn't get down to push the pedals. So I mean, this is it's Travis Pastrana. I mean, <laughs> he's the only person that I could think of right now that isn't named Bam Margera who would go out or Johnny Knoxville or insert everybody else from that crew who would go out and do something like this. And he's probably also the only guy skilled enough to actually pull that off right now. Well, it'll be interesting to watch uh, for sure, because I want to see how he pulls off the Caesars fountain thing that the buses, um, you know, that, that, that particular jump I think is easily doable, but I say easily with the newer technology, I think Travis Pastrana makes that, but I mean the the, the Caesar's uh, Palace Fountain is the one that's going to be intriguing to me because that that's a lot harder than you think it is. Yeah, you certainly don't want somebody to get hurt, but 
No. At least want it to look a little bit sketchy. Right. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. No. We're, oh, it's going to be want, sketchy. You know, certainly don't want uh, – I, I don't want Travis to get hurt, and I wasn't trying to imply that. Just saying if – it's it's kind of, to me, I guess, like the whole, you know, we've made the stock cars, for example. We've made them so good that you very rarely see drivers spin out on their own anymore. You know, every once in a while you see somebody lose control and spin. But, it, you know, it's, it's almost – I think that's what's made the racing less exciting is because the cars are too struck, stuck to the track and too easy to drive. And a lot of the, the cars with the Arrow now are basically like that. Even the Supers at Oswego that, that I grew up watching, they're just, it's, it's point and shoot. So it's, it, you know, because the Arrow just plants the cars so well that the, the technology has gotten to the point where it's almost made it less exciting in some ways. And, you know, I, I hope we're not seeing that with this. But nonetheless, it's interesting, and it's Travis Pastrana, and I don't know where all this idea came from that we decided to do this, but, uh, yeah, it will definitely be fun to watch. Okay, so let's talk modifieds for a moment, and we can continue after the break if uh, we run short on time. The NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour going to Riverhead Raceway on Long Island this weekend, and this is really, an, uh, this is always a race, it's a bull ring. I mean, this is a rock'em, sock'em, bumper somebody out of the way, chrome horn, you know, make some people mad at you kind of race. Um, and, and because of that, Jacob, you can never really figure out who the favorite is. I mean, the Long Island guys like Salamito, you think always have the advantage because they're used to that style. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, you got plenty of guys from New England that know how to use a bumper too. Well, there's only one Long Island guy I even need to concern myself with here because he's the guy who pretty much kicks everybody in the uh, tail end whenever they go there the last couple years. Justin Bonsignor leading the points, really good at Riverhead from Long Island. Do I really need to say anymore? Well, Do see, I really need to say see, anymore. Yeah, and I would and argue he's won all but two races this year. But Just I would saying. argue the opposite. This is because of the fact that this is this is such a small track, and because it's so easy to get turned around there. I would argue if there's one race, and we'll talk, we'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Talk about it for a little bit. There's one race where I don't know that Justin Bonsignor would have such a big advantage going in. It's probably Riverhead, and I think there are a few guys like Doug Kobe that are going to be out for a little bit of blood because they just have nothing so far significant to show for the 2018 season. We'll talk more about Modifieds and much more coming up on the other side. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. 
So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD. The entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Brett Guzik from Front Row Motorsports, and Cisco Scaramuza with you talking racing. And we were talking modifieds just before the break, and Jacob was opining that uh, Justin Bonsignor should run away and with win. the race at Riverhead this weekend. I'm disagreeing vehemently, saying he may win the race. I'm not going to say he won't win. Just don't think this is going to be so easy because there are going to be a few guys who are going to be, I think, probably have a make-no-friends kind of approach to this because they need to get back in the points race. And I'm just going ahead and calling the shot saying Doug Covey's one of them because Doug has never had great uh, luck at Riverhead. And this is one of those times when it's basically checkers or wreckers because he's got nothing to lose right now. No, absolutely nothing to lose. In fact, I would argue that most of the field has nothing to lose right now with the kind of points lead that Justin has together. I mean, let's be real. He's got about half a race on everybody except for, well, Chase Dowling, who I think could be the straw that stirs that drink. But well, there's another guy who has nothing to lose because he's already missed a race who's really good on borings. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Priest. Yeah, Ryan's definitely another one to contend with. I Oh, by the way, he's back in the Xfinity car at Daytona tomorrow night. Just public service. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, that should be a lot of fun to watch. So he's he's going from a super speedway to Riverhead. Yes. <laughs> There's there is one extreme to another. We're, yes. We're we're going to go basically from the biggest crater on the moon to a cereal bowl. <laughs> that's that's basically how that's going to work. So, uh, and, and there will be no drafting. Oh, by the way, that's at correct. Riverhead. There will be there will no be drafting bumping. at Riverhead. There yeah, will be, there will be bumping. There will not be drafting. Yeah, they're, they're not bump drafting. They're just bumping. Get out yeah. of my way. Yeah, um, no, exactly. it wouldn't surprise me at all. See, Bon Senor get turned out of a win at Riverhead because sure, I mean they're going to know he's going to be the target. Um, you know, he's the guy everybody's got to beat. And, you know, you've had guys like Kobe that have just had such a terrible start to the season. I have mm-hmm. never seen the two card this bad at this point in the season. So no. going to be um, going to be very interesting to to uh, follow that race. We'll we'll Tom, have you all just of want the destruction everywhere. Is this the theme of this week? Tom wants destruction everywhere. No, I just I just <laughs> call him as I see him. And. Yeah, I think uh, you don't you don't race at Riverhead Raceway without a few angry people, and that's uh, that's what we're going to see this weekend. So we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll see when we get to next week how how accurate my portrayal of that this upcoming race turns out to be. Uh, okay, so you had a topic, Jacob, that you wanted to bring up. Go I ahead. did, actually, courtesy of our friend Bob Parkers from ESPN, who really got me thinking the other day. And because Brett is one of the the shop folk at Furniture Row, you can probably see this from a couple of different Furniture Row front row. Wow, that's the first time what? I've done that all year. Happens good, all the time. Good, yeah. Good, he just, he works for the row that's in yeah. More, in this state. I, I know. As opposed to Colorado, uh, hey, you know what? At least that's only the first time I've done that. He's this in the year, front so. row, not the furniture what row. What state are we in, Jacob? Shut up. We're near Denver. <laughs> yeah, we're near, we're, Denver. Near, we're near a Denver. <laughs> That's a good point. We are pretty close to Denver. <laughs> All right. Getting back to my point. What Bob, was your point, Jacob? <laughs> Bob Pockris opined this week, and I agree with him, that NASCAR may have inadvertently found a solution to the question that everybody's been asking oh, for the no. last couple of months. If, if Bob's oh, opining no. that NASCAR <laughs> found a solution to something, I, can, can I, do I need to duck for cover? No, here? you okay. don't, because this is the question that you've been asking for a couple of months. Oh, I've uh, been asking a lot of questions. Which one is this? How do we fix teams from failing inspection constantly? And I think NASCAR may have found the answer. And, Brett, I want some perspective from you here. Because the impound format used over the weekend at Chicagoland, where there was no pre-qualifying tech and all that, it was just impound and post-qualifying inspection. And if you fail one time, your time's disallowed and you go to the tail. There were only four cars that failed once, and nobody failed more than once all weekend in the Cup Series. Hmm, got, it got Bob thinking, and it got me thinking I'm agreeing with him. Maybe we need to do this more often. I like not complaining about tech inspection constantly. I do like that kind of theory. I like the um, the way that they're going about it, but it kind of takes away a lot of the practice time that we already don't really get. So, But then again, there is a, a plus side to that that um, makes it run what you brung style racing. 
and I feel like that's the direction that NASCAR could be headed. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, all right, all right. Hang hang I, on, hey, I want to add a I want to add a point to the point that you just made about the practice from Jeff Gluck on Twitter earlier today. Someone explained to me why we need two practice sessions for both divisions. I rest my case. Already too much practice. Well, I mean, I think that all the engineers would love a ton of practice. <laughs> they just, uh, <laughs> they always need this that. This from the shop engineer at Front yeah. Row Motors. Yeah. Race engineers always need, For a, clarity. need a lot of time to get their <laughs> stuff done, but we never, ever have enough time. But I would say that um, it would make things a little bit more exciting. I feel like you would have to be a lot, a lot better off the truck and be all down to your simulation. But that might create some disparity, even more disparity between the teams. Not sure. Cisco, I'm going to let you slide in here because you wanted to, to follow up on Brett's point. I, I've i got a clarification here, or get a clarification here, because well, Brett just said something that he said a phrase that absolutely just scared the crap out of me. But go ahead, Cisco. Uh, well, I wanted to bring up the also slight addendum. If we do use the schedule that we used in Chicago, hey, Jacob. Hmm. Haven't we had this issue with, you know, drivers running in the lower series? Wouldn't this kind of shy you away from doing that as much? No, kind no. of um well, that's another because, fair point. Because if we have qualifying right after this race, how much do you want to bet, you know, yes, we did see drivers who ran in the race do well in qualifying in a one race situation. If this ke- if this schedule kept up, I'm not so sure that fatigue wouldn't play a factor here. Perhaps. What? I've already heard talk about uh, NASCAR reducing the number of cu- of uh, Xfinity races that the cup drivers can run down to five for next year. So, so let's see. It's seven now. It's seven We're going now. to five. Then we'll probably go to three. Then we go to one. So let's see. Nineteen twenty by two thousand twenty-one. We might be close to zero. Um, <laughs> I, here's my question: <laughs> Why? How? Ex- someone explain to me how it's actually any kind of a penalty to put a driver at the tail of the field on a mile and a half track to start the race. At what? I mean, okay, you're illegal. We're starting you at the tail. What kind of a penalty is that? Yeah, these teams aren't like these big teams aren't scared. They they don't really care so much to This go to is the back. why I don't think that's a solution. Well, here's at the all. deal. If you fail once, you start at the back. If you fail twice, you start losing crew members. Period. But again, I mean, what when are we going to get to a point? Okay, you fail once, you 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 start at the tail. If you fail twice, you start 3 laps down. If you fail three times, go home. You're an idiot. Simple as that. Cisco. All right, you can you can explain to NASCAR then, Tom, why we only have 25 car fields once that's implemented. Well, there's that that, that is not that has nothing to do with anything. If we're going to have 25 car fields because we dare enforce the rules and actually penalize people saying. for cheating, then you know we haven't got much of a sport at, at that point because. If NASCAR is trying to solve the problem of cheating, Brett used a phrase earlier that scared the heck out of me. Run what you brung? Yep. I mean, Run what you simmed. There's a, good, there's a good way to get 20 cars a week right there because, I mean, obviously Front Row Motorsports can't bring the same kind of car that Hendrick Motorsports can. 
See, I made the whole panel go silence. silence right yeah, yeah. Uh, point, point for Tom. I mean, that's you, no. I, I don't. I'm not saying that the that the tech part of it isn't well enough to do it after qualifying or whatever. But if if you're cheating, if you your time disallowed, there should be a bigger penalty than than that because basically all you did is put the guy at the back. We we see how fast that these guys get from the back to the front. They can do it in a segment. I mean, you know, one stage and they're but up here, running for the lead. This is here, just but, ridiculous. No, well, keep in mind that was under the rules where you had to start on the tires that you qualified on, though. Now everybody's on the same set of tires. We've Doesn't seen matter. it. We saw it at Chicagoland. It was a lot harder for those guys to move from the back to the front. Yeah, it, it was much. I mean, harder. if you can't go from the back to the front in in four or five hundred miles, then you don't deserve to be. I mean, it's just that's not a penalty. I, I like I said, I don't disagree with teching the cars after qualifying if that's easier, but. If somebody's broken the rules, Cisco, you got to make it stiffer than starting in the back. That's just useless. Start them from so pit passing, road. having your net gain of 30, 35 cars on a day is typical? Like, seriously? That's, it, that's say expected that again. of teams now? Having, say again? What are you, what that's, are you... that's expected of teams that you're going to be able to pass 35, 39 cars in a segment? That's like that's the expectation now? Seriously? Yeah, I mean, it's just not a penalty. You're still in the race. You haven't lost anything. You're just starting in the back. A, a lesser team would be okay. starting toward the back anyway. Kevin Harvick and Kyle Larson could go from the back to the front in 20 laps. You know, we, we've, we've seen how quickly these guys get through the field now. This is not a penalty. There is a big difference in speed between the top eight or ten cars once the race starts and the rest of the field because of their experience. It's the driver's experience that matters. Yeah, that's not a penalty. I mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't agree with the penalty part, but I don't mind if they move the tech. Actually, to me, it seems more appropriate because – it doesn't hold anybody up from qualifying. Everybody gets to qualify. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fans want to see that. So exactly. as far as I'm concerned, moving the tech, the time that you tech the cars, no problem here. But for goodness sake, NASCAR, put some teeth into this and let's stop all this nonsense that's been going on for half the season. We'll be back with more of the Stock Car Show right after this on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. 
my mom. My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. I can't believe we've only got one segment left here. It is... White flag time, otherwise known as the lightning round, where we inevitably start to argue. We just did that a little earlier tonight. And that's okay, because that's why we do this, and it's all good. Under the hood and a lot of fun as well. I can't believe you just said that. I can, because it's my show. So, we now move into the lightning round, and we talk about who we think is going to win at Daytona, which is pretty much a game of... 52 card pickup because well it's daytona it's daytona but you know what that's why we like it because anybody can win as long as you get in and basically in the cup series you pretty much got barely enough cars to start the race we have 40 yeah so you know everybody plays so we'll see i i i will say i think it's pretty safe that we can eliminate the starcom cars we can probably eliminate bk otherwise than that Everybody has a chance to win. No Hang offense to the Star Hang Cup on cars. a minute. The BK card did get a top 20 earlier this year. <sighs> yeah, and J.J. Yaley is driving it this time. J.J.'s a good he's little a good plate racer. Plate racer. Yeah, Absolutely. so, you know, that I shouldn't I, – I think – but I think it's safe to, disqual- to, to, to discount – the Starcom cars. No offense to Starcom, but, you know, just don't have the speed. I think Joey Gase is driving that double zero this week, I believe, yes. Again, a good plate racer, so sure. certainly, you know, certainly my, and could. My, and my goodness, Joey's Xfinity team, can we talk about Go Green Racing for 30 seconds? Because that Go. team has done some tremendous things this year. We know how good Joey is at Daytona. Here's my bold prediction to start this lightning round. Joey Gase 
races in the top five and contends for the win at the end of Friday night's wow. final Wow, okay. So Joey Gase, top five finish in the Xfinity race. Absolutely. The question is, since you started, I'm going to come right back to you before okay. we, we go around the rest of the table. We're going to pick the Xfinity race first. Then we're going to go back around and pick the Cup Series race. So Xfinity at Daytona, go. Well... You're going to have to pardon me for a moment while I double-check my list of which cup drivers are racing this week. Because <laughs> you you that, really think you need that list for this race? That's always a factor. I don't care. By, yes. we And, hey, by the way, in, in an Xfinity series where Chad Fincham in a Carl Long-owned car can be quickest in final practice, <laughs> anybody can win this race. This is what I said. You really need to literally look at an entry list to figure out a cup guy to win? Uh, you know what? It's Daytona, so I'm just going to at least check it. Okay, hurry. I'm hurrying. Well, okay, while you're, uh, while you're here, doing that. I got you. Okay, go I ahead. I got you. All right. Well, here's Ryan the deal. Blaney, no I was going to say, Ryan, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott are in the 22 and the 23, and Kyle Larson's in the 42. So here's my pick for the Xfinity race, because he's had so much bad luck every, in everything else he's ever done at Daytona. Kyle Larson wins, because Daytona owes him something in an Xfinity car. Do we remember 2013? I yeah, was going to say, I think there's a motor <laughs> in the grandstand somewhere that still has the, has, still has white paint on it. After yeah, that. yeah, Daytona owes Kyle a little bit from the Xfinity series. So, yeah, Kyle Larson in the 42 wins. Okay, Cisco. Xfinity. All right, you know what? Let's 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 go for the why not. Kaz Grala 16. Oh, I'm rolling the dice. Oh, you took you I see I was going to do this big dramatic build up go you're all wrong. Kaz Grala is going to win this race because Daytona is known as the track that has storybook endings and I believe Tony Yuri senior and junior and Kaz Grala and desperation Combine because, well, again, it's Daytona. Anybody can win, and Kaz is going to have all the speed he needs. Kaz Grala for the win in the Xfinity race. Brett. I'll have to give you a cup guy, unfortunately. Ryan Blaney. I mean, yeah, look at the last few good. even cup performances by Ryan Blaney in at a restrictor play track. You've seen Daytona. He, uh, he won the slap. duels. He, well, uh, the for the well, last he certainly could do it. I mean, yeah. look, I think Chase Elliott's another one that could pull this off. Because, sure he could. Because Chase has won it before. Uh, certainly. And, I mean, and, yeah. and GMS so. is good. In the, hey, by the way, GMS are the defending restrictor plate winners. Just saying. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, that's, that's the, technically you know, true. Elliott, <laughs> yeah. you know, Justin yeah. Haley both, I think, uh, strong hey, contenders for this. Dark, dark horse alert because he got one stolen from him in February. <laughs> Ryan Reed wins his third race at Daytona. Dark horse alert. Well, I, sure. how about yeah. How about my dark horse, Jeremy Clements? Yes, please. Yeah. Well, that see now that would be another great story. And this is, you know, I really would like to see. And, and I'll tell you the other story I would love to see. Uh, and I think we really could see it. Daniel Hemrick getting his first win in the series at Daytona in the South Point Chevrolet for Richard Childress, who, oh, by the way, has some wins at Daytona. Eh, just a few. Yeah, just a few. So we'll uh, we'll see how the Xfinity series rolls around here. But I, I really, again, you look down through this entry list, and <laughs> discounting practice, of course, 
I think this is wide open, and you've got some interesting names. Shane Lee will be interesting. Not to say Shane necessarily runs for the win, but he could. I mean, he's in a good Childress car, and Shane has done very respectably in each of his starts so far in the Xfinity Series. Another driver I'd love to see win, Matt Tift. In the two car, that would be a lot of fun to see. We him better pick be up playing trombones if Tim, t- Tift wins on Monday. Yeah, really, that's uh, that's definitely uh, true. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just listen to Monday night's show next week, and you'll figure it out pretty quick. Okay, let's move over to the Cup side of things here. And is see Brett, what kind is Brett of... ruled out of this one since he has two cars in that race? No. No, if Brett wants to pick one of his cars, then that's totally fine. I don't see any reason why that can't happen. I just thought. And I'd actually, I don't think it's out of the question, honestly. I don't think it would be that far fetched <laughs> of a pick. I'll start with you again, Jacob. Cup side at Daytona, who wins Saturday night? Well, I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to get hate mail from a few people for this one, but I can tell you it's not going to be. It's not going to be the defending winner of this race. Sorry, Ricky Stenhouse. But okay. Roush Fenway Racing has shown me That's going to be real nothing. awkward for you Saturday night when he wins, just so you know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who I believe it's going to be, and I believe it's going to be the driver who needs to get on the win column with uh, SHR and who's going to get redemption for getting dumped in February. Eric Almarola calls his shot and uh, takes the 10-car to victory lane. Well, see, that wouldn't surprise me at all, and I don't even think he has to have the motivation of getting dumped in February in order to do this. He's just got more than enough speed and more than enough uh, situation to go and pull this off, even without that misfortune in February, I think. Mm. Because, again, remember, guys, so much of this is just timing and whether you end up in the front or in the right line at the right time, it has very little to do with the kind of speed you've shown the rest of the season at the other tracks. Okay, so... Uh, your pick again was Almarola. Almarola. Next pick, I'll go to Brett this time. All right, a little bit of a backstory. Um, a lot of this new style racing has kind of spread out the pack, and I feel like you have to have a really strong card to be able to lead these races, as you've seen at Talladega, Penske, SHR, and those are the only guys who led the race basically. I'm going to go with Kurt Busch on this one. A little bit of a dark horse to some people, but he had the speed today. I don't know if Kurt Busch is a dark horse at Daytona especially, but Not after he won maybe the 500. Is. Okay. Cisco, we've got an Almarola and a Busch, so basically we have SHR, SHR. Are you going SHR or somebody else in the field? No, I am not. Uh, I'm going with a guy who's going to pick up his first win of the season because it's a plate track, and when it's a plate track where you have to win, he usually does that. Bad Brad, number two. Mm, mm, All right. Mm. SHR, SHR, Penske. So we've got Ford, Ford, and Ford. Well, that means I get to be the contrarian again. And You're not picking a Ford at a plate track? I'm not picking. What's wrong with you? Well, wait a minute. Who's holding the trophy from the 500? Just saying. uh, Only because he wrecked. Doesn't matter. This is what we do on plate tracks late the race. We start going nuts and we crash things. So I don't see any reason why it won't be different. Here's what I'm telling you is going to happen. 
And this is going to drive the conspiracy theorists absolutely crazy. But I'm not if saying you say it. Alex Bowman, I'm jumping off the show. Alex Bowman is going to win at Daytona because Junior Motorsports is calling it from the booth. And and now, now hang on. Before you start throwing things at me, think about the fact that Bowman in February, in his first attempt, didn't even hardly take a lap in the qualifying race and then came back and ran very strong in the 500. And I just think that there's a good chance that we see one of the Hendrick cars get a win this weekend. Just again, this is timing. I know, Brett, what you're saying about you got to have a fast car. Well, let me tell you, I think Alex Bowman comes here with a fast car, and I think Alex Bowman gets it done at Daytona on Saturday night because, well, why not? You want to know who my dark horse is? A Ford. It's nobody we've talked about. Bubba Wallace in the 43 car. That's not a Ford. Oh, that's right. They're a Chevy now. You're right. Sorry. My bad. Well, Bubba's still my dark horse. But he is because a fast Chevrolet. Though. He is. Well, the reason why I'm saying he's my dark horse, not only because he ran so well in February, but because this is a team at a time when they need a big performance. And the last time they had a few race slump, Bubba came out and got him, what, an eighth place finish, I think it was? Something like this that. This is a great opportunity for Bubba to step up and run for the win. I just think you're going to see some different names at the front of the field at the end of this race. Why? The big one. And that's all I'm going to say about that. There, there are going to be some really good cars taken out on Saturday night. And the one that's going to be standing at the end of it is Alex Bowman. And everybody's going to laugh because, well, I picked Trevor Bain in 2011. So I'm calling the shot for the 88 now. And if he wins, you're all going to be coming to me on Monday going, who are you picking this week? And then going and putting money on it. By the way, you literally made Cisco jump off the boat. Well, Cisco had to jump off the boat. I See, believe. you're not supposed to tell them that. Yeah, it, Cisco it, had it, to it jump off the boat. It ruins the allure of the of, well. Of the whole nobody's going to seriously believe that I made Cisco leave the show because I messed up between Ford and Chevy. I forgot that he made that transition. But Bubba is definitely uh, no, no, no. He a no, no. He said he was jumping off the boat. If you said Alex Bowman, oh, was win the <laughs> okay, race. that's yeah. He did earlier. Yeah, yeah he hello. Did. Well. He's, he's off the ship. Goodbye. And, he's uh, out. Yeah, he's off the island now. We'll see him on Monday, I hope. Anyways, <laughs> we've got a couple of minutes left here, so let's go back around the table again, minus Cisco, because, well, he's gone. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Give me a driver who has been absolutely horrible all season long who has a breakout race at Daytona, either division. Wow. Who's Somebody been, who's struggled, who has a breakout race at Daytona. Who's been absolutely horrible. Uh, struggled. Somebody okay. who's struggled. I'm going to go with the Xfinity Series, and I'm going to go with Michael Annette. Well, see, that's a good thought. I like that pick. I don't agree with it, but I like the pick. Brett? I'll have to go with my own camp here. Uh, Michael McDowell struggled at the yeah, beginning of the horrible. season. Well, okay, he has struggled. But yeah. the last seven races... He has been in the top 25. Oh, oh God, you might think top 25 is nothing, but it is it is something for our team. Uh, Michael McDowell will be contending for the win Saturday night. I believe you, and I think David will be contending as well. David loves plate tracks. 
I think Front Row Motorsports, I'm not saying this because Brett's here, I think Front Row Motorsports is very underestimated on the plate tracks, and I think they both have a good run. And with that, we are about to check out Jacob Close Us Up. All right. Thanks to Bob Steele, Sue Mason, all the folks at PMN that make this show possible, and uh, some Randy Miller guy behind the glass who's done a pretty good job punching buttons the last few weeks for us for uh, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and we want to thank Brett for uh, for joining in the fun tonight. It's been a blast to have you in here, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm back. I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall, folks, and if you're headed to a racetrack somewhere this weekend, we might just see you there, folks. Have a safe racing weekend. Slide job! (laughs) Good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.